this is Thoughts Become Things. With each episode, we'll help you reach the highest creative potential that God has for you. With your host, a teacher, life coach, a dream coach, and motivational speaker, Jeremy Lopez. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another podcast of Thoughts Become Things. I am Jeremy Lopez, and I'm honored and glad and thrilled you guys are with me again today. You know, every week I try to come up with some good points or food for thought or share with you maybe some things that are maybe excerpts from my books because I have a book of the month that comes out every month. And uh, just heads up on that, if many of you want to read some of my books, you're welcome to go to my website, which is identitynetwork.net. We actually have a book of the month program in which you can be a part of a participant here in the United States and um, you get free shipping and you only pay $15 for each book. You get a free ebook as well with it and you get the book shipped to you autographed. So hey, you can't beat that, right? So food for thought. Get on the website, join up, sign up, and let us send you the book every month that I'm writing. And I'm once again, I'm really glad, glad you guys, many of you actually are on the program and I hope you're enjoying the books and many of you send in comments to us, to the ministry, you know, saying, hey, can you talk about this on the website or you know or can you write a book on this or can you talk about this on the podcast you know and and so I have a lot of people sending me great suggestions on maybe articles to write for the website or you know to incorporate in my books or my podcast and so I'm honored that you guys throw ideas to me because you know if you think about it I'm not in your shoes and you're not in my shoes right and so I want to hear what you have to say I want to hear maybe what you have thought maybe you're looking for an answer and one of the things I'll be quick to tell you is I'm I don't believe in giving people the answers because answers come from within. You know, I, I always tell people this, that when you want an answer for other people, it's almost borderline disrespectful towards yourself because you don't want to adhere towards other people's answers because those are their answers, right? And a lot of times you want to begin to respect yourself to realize, you know what, what if I come up with my own answer? You know, if you're thinking about, you know, dating someone, if you're thinking about eating certain foods, if you're thinking about going places, you know, the Bible says that, that there's counsel, sound counsel, and, you know, you find a lot of wisdom within sound counsel, and that's true. However, you want to make the final authority. You want to make the final, you know, answer within yourself because everyone else's ideas are just literally ideas and opinions. No one actually has a truth or an answer for you because you need to hold that truth dear to you and know what is truth for you because the truth sets you free, right? And so it's great to have wisdom from other people, but don't live off other people's ideas or opinions or even their answers because we know that God is truth and the truth sets us free. And so the only absolute in this universe is actually God, right? And so we know God is the answer. God is the truth. He's the way, the truth, and the life. But when you look at things on earth, you want to be able to find yourself at a place where you're showing yourself the respect to get everyone else's ideas and opinions and then say, do any of these need to be incorporated within myself to come up with my own conclusion, with my own answer? And some of them might chunk out. Some of them you might keep, and or maybe all of them you might just get rid of. Maybe all of them you might want to keep. I doubt that. <laughs> but you really want to be able to find your own truth and find your own answer. Because here's the key thing. Someone else's truth cannot set you free. 
Think about that. Someone else's truth cannot set you free. Someone else's answers cannot set you free. It might can give you food for thought of maybe formulating your own opinions, your own ideas, your own answers, but no one's other answers sets you free. I'm writing a book right now on truth, and when it comes out, it's going to really hit the market hard because no one has really written on this subject because a lot of times we don't touch the subject of truth because we're too busy thinking or saying to ourselves okay Jesus is the, is the way truth and the life you know you know so there's so he's truth and that's true however then we take it upon ourselves to begin to say well if i know the truth now think about this folks if i know the truth the truth sets me free and that means that a lot of times if that truth that is coming from the truth of Christ sets me free, okay, then he's going to give me the truth that I need that's part of him for my life. Give us this day our daily bread. So I get that truth from him into myself. That truth sets me free. However, it doesn't mean that that truth that is from the truth that's sent to me is going to set you free. Think about that very closely. That's where most Christians miss it, and that's why Christianity has a bad rap. Because a lot of times people say, man, y'all are so closed-minded. Man, y'all think it's your way or the highway. The, the, the truth is, <laughs> is understanding that you have to begin to realize that God will give you truth according to a situation of your life. God will give you truth according to how you should live your life. The Bible makes it very plain. Believe it or not, it says, what's sin to one is not a sin to another. So just because what's right for me not be, might, might not be right for you, what's wrong for me not, might not be wrong for you. And so you have to begin to realize that if that's the case, that means I need a truth from the truth to begin to help me in my authentic situation, my created circumstance, think about that, my creative power, being a co-creator in Christ, I've created this sort of life, for lack of better words, you know, within the life he's given me. And so every day I'm making my, my decisions, my choices. And when many people say, well, you don't make your decisions and choices, you, you know, you go by the decision and choice of God. I beg to differ. That's not true because I take and receive his truth. I receive his, his way for me. And then he wants me to create with that. So you see, he's a creator and I create with him. I'm co-creating. And so if I wake up in the morning, I choose to get in the shower. Do you think I'm going to ask God, can I get in the shower right now? Hey, can I go to the restroom right now? Hey, can I eat tacos tonight for dinner? Hey, don't, you know, uh, can I, can I buy a watch? Hey, can I take a, the next step here? And you might think that's sort of silly to ask, but it's true. All of that I just mentioned, you're creating. You're the one that's doing it. Now, when I say you're the one doing it and not God, many of you are like, oh, don't say that. That makes me cringe. It's perfectly fine and normal because God created our, created our lives, period. He died to give us life and life more abundantly. And the life that I have, he wants me to create life within the life he gave me. Now, I want you to think about that because guess what? You consciously do it all day long, all day long. I mean, think about it. I can guarantee you, I can guarantee each and every one of you, because the Bible says your footsteps are ordered by the Lord. That means they're ordered, and you're going to be able to create within the order. That's how, that's how jobs are. Here's your order. Here's your assignment. Here's your job description. Now you create within that, within those guidelines. <laughs> you do it every day in your, on your job. What makes it, what makes it even different with your family? 
You have a family, you have children, you have a wife, you have a husband, or you have no children, you have a dog, a cat, whatever. The key thing is the unit that you call family, guess what? You create into it every single day. You don't say, God, can I take my kids to the ballpark today? God, do I need to wake up my child at 5 in the morning? God, do I need to roll over tonight when I'm in bed? God, do I need to get a new pillow? God, do I need to, you know, can we have another child? God, can I, uh, you know, buy a dress for my daughter? God, can my son play baseball? None of you do that. None of you. And, and if you did, I would say you're living out of major fear because you none of you do that. So you make about 80% of your choices, if not 90% of your choices throughout the day of what you are you deciding and you're creating. And, and, and the word creating is also coinciding with deciding or decision making because you're creating what it is that you're wanting to do. And that's great. That, that's what gives God honor more than anything is that we do like God does. God creates, we create within the life he's given us as well. We, have, we, we create life within the life he's blessed us with. And our footsteps are going to be ordered by God because we know God's thoughts and God's ways. So therefore, it's different to say, God, can I go murder my neighbor? You know, well, you better not ask, ask God stuff like that because it's not going to happen, right? You shouldn't do that. That's wrong. And so there's certain things you know in your heart you're going to ask God for, or you know if you do it, put another way, you're going to feel bad that you did it and because you know it's wrong, right? So there's certain things that are, that are mechanisms within us that is just a given. There's not one human on earth who goes around and kills two or three hundred people and say, and then somebody says, you do know wrong, killing is wrong, don't you? And they say, oh, I, I didn't know that. Gosh, I better stop killing then. Nobody in the right mind. There's this, there's this, there's this mechanism, this, this factor inside of us, this organism, this living cell inside of every single human being on this planet with no one left out that tells us a little bit of navigational skills of basically navigating us to understand certain things in our lives are just wrong. You don't have to be told it's wrong, right? No one has to tell you, you know, that it's wrong to hurt somebody. You know it's wrong to hurt somebody. Muslims know it. Hindus know it. Satanists know it. Well, of course, they probably would, wouldn't care. You know, atheists know it. Christians know it. Muslims know it. Uh, Baptists, Pentecostals, Catholics, Buddhists. I mean, everybody knows you just don't harm people because everybody just knows they don't have to ask God. They know it's wrong, right? So there's things within you you just know that are not right. And so that's when you are creating bad, horrible, demonic, well, fuck better words, you know, decisions. You're creating those envir that environment. And so through that, you whether it's bad like that or it's good, and some other good thing, you're still creating life. Now, how does that tie into truth? Okay, let's talk about that for a moment. How does all that tie into truth? Because the truth sets you free. And if Jesus is the truth, and all of a sudden you realize that, you, that he's giving you a piece of himself, a piece of the truth for your life, then that is going to work with you in almost like a paintbrush to paint the reality or the day or the or the uh, the thing you're trying to do throughout the day. If you're trying to start a business, you know it's ordained by God. He's giving you a piece of truth that's going to be a, like a paintbrush painting what that business is going to look like, painting what, you know, what it is you're going to do in the business, how you're going to sell this, you know, how you're going to market this, how you're going to advertise it. You know, that's what people do. They're creating that, that existence through the will of God with the truth that is currently processing, or let's say not processing, but continuously setting them free. And so that's how we move every day in our lives. In Him we live, we move, we have our being. There's a movement in Him, so you know you're in Him. So don't worry about it. You're creating in Him. 
And so that's where you have to understand that truth is truth is for everyone on the planet because truth sets people free. However, know the difference between your truth that is God-given and, and respecting other people's truths that is possibly God-given as well, right? Because no one has the right to say, I need to give you my truth. Well, that your truth might not do anything for me. Your truth might come to me and it might not be received as truth, no matter how hard I try. It might come to me in some type of, that's a nice answer that you, a nice answer. Thank you for sharing that with me. Answers don't set us free. Truth sets us free. And then some of the things I incorporated within this book that's coming up here in the next, next couple of months, that's why I'm encouraging each one of you to get on the book of the month program, is going to be based on breaking down truth. And I'm going to break it all down for every one of you to begin to understand all the dynamics to where you walk away and you say, wow, now I get it. Now I get it. And you realize the damage and the harm you've done to other people, right? No condemnation. But you know, you realize, wow, I've, I have put my opinions on other people and I have taken those opinions uh, and give it to them as truths. Or, I've, or I told them, this is what God says and I've taken that and I've ran with it. And then I made other people run with it too. And if they didn't run with it, then I made them look like they were wrong. See, a lot of people do that every day. And then that opens up a big can of worms because, uh, you know, most people say, well, aren't we supposed to give truth away? No, not really. Not at all. You're supposed to give Jesus away. You're supposed to live the life. In fact, you're supposed to live the life of, uh, of Christ. You're supposed to live the lifestyle of Christ and let that be, uh, you know, uh, a, a thing. In fact, the Lord says what? The Bible says, you know, it's your good works. You know, do, do these good works that will glorify your Father in heaven. People need to see your good works. People need to see you loving and compassionate. They need to see you living out your truth. Notice I said your truth because a lot of times people will sit here and say, but it is truth for them as well. No, no, that's not true at all. Not true at all. Nowhere in the scripture does it say that. It says if you know the truth. Now I'm talking to you as an individual. So let's say, for example, if I'm sitting here with one of my good friends who is a dynamic woman in Oklahoma who's probably listening to this podcast. Let's take Rebecca, one out of a lot of people that we just dearly love. So let's say, for example, if Rebecca and I are sitting in the room together and I begin to talk to her and I begin to share with her and I begin to tell her you know, certain things about what's going on in my life, right? And I begin to say, well, you know, this is what the Bible says right here. You know, this is what this is what Jane said. Let me ask you a question about that. First of all, before I continue the story, how many of you have ever heard that, you know, you get in a line, a circle of people, and all of a sudden you, you whisper to the person next to you, let's say, for example, I'm going to the store. By the time it gets around to the last person, they're going to hear something like, I just came back to the store and bought lettuce. They're not going to, you know, because stories that are carried down that are maybe a truth from someone or a truth that God has, you know, displayed within a person's life, it's not going to be the same by the time it reaches down to the last person because it's not supposed to because everybody hears things differently. Think about that. And that's a good thing. God doesn't want robots. He doesn't want everyone on this planet to believe the same. I want you to think about something. Do you think God really wants every person on this planet to believe the exact same thing, to do the exact same things, believe that the exact same things are wrong and the exact same things are right. Imagine, no offense, but imagine what a boring world that would be. And it would be boring because there's there's individual truth given to each person. 
Okay, so if Rebecca and I are sitting in the room together and I begin to share with her my story of my life and, and share with her my answers or my truths and all of a sudden she goes back home and she's like, man, it worked for him. It's got to work for me. So she begins to apply the, we'll say the ointment. She begins to apply the ointment of, of my truth in her life and all of a sudden, guess what? Her life is going to go crazy because she's tried to disrespect her lifestyle by incorporating someone else's seed of truth into her life and she's going to end up, spiritually speaking, pregnant with that person's seed of truth and guess what? She's going to produce something that's not going to be really what God wants her to produce. So you've got to be careful what goes into, the Bible says what goes into a man comes out of a man. You've got to understand what goes into you is going to come out of you and God knows what it's going to look like, right? At the end of the day. And so these are things you've got to begin to realize that God wants to incorporate within you his truth, his seed. Now, let me also tell you something that's going to help each one of you out as well. Well, I'll talk about truth today. Think of it this way. Think about Mary, okay? Think about Mary, who the Holy Spirit, let's say, you know, um, came upon her, overshadowed her. You know, she began to, you know, to bear forth, you know, uh, Jesus and stuff and get pregnant by the Lord, for lack of better words. And, and if you think about it, it was not the seed of a Joseph. It wasn't. Supposedly it was the seed of God, which supposedly means it was, but I'm just sort of hypothetically speaking for a moment. So if that's the case, then what if God wants each one of us to get the same download that Mary got? Would it be fair to say that Mary bore forth a child that was from Joseph? And let's say, you know, that Joseph is the one that got her pregnant, and yet they're going to call that the Son of God. Can it really, we'll say, legally, spiritually speaking, could it really be called, the, you know, the Son of God? Probably, no, it won't, because it's not his seed. It would be Joseph's seed. It would be, it would be a flesh from a flesh giving into flesh, giving a birth to a flesh, right? So if you think about it, all, all we are... Of those of us who have the faith, uh, the, the beliefs in, in, in Christ, then we understand that your job is to be like Mary, not even Elizabeth. Here's where the story differs. Because Elizabeth is the one that got pregnant by her husband, who was a priest, who was silenced for a period of time until the baby was born, and then all of a sudden he spoke up and said, the baby shall be called John. And that was the first time he spoke up for a long time, because God called, God calls him to be mute for a long, long period of time. But guess what? Many of you, which many of you are actually birthing forth more flesh to flesh. Many of you are, are going after that of Elizabeth more than you are Mary, because Mary's the one that birthed forth the Son of God. If you want something productive that's not part of flesh, then let God download in you the truth that will set you free. Because if you get someone else's answers or truth, and you try to push it upon them, or they try to push it upon you as if, hey, this is the truth, it's a truth for every person on this planet, then guess what? You're realizing if they're not giving you the truth, which is the only truth that can be spread around the whole globe and still remain truth, which is Jesus, that's great. If they're not, if they're giving you something that is from from the Lord, for lack of better words, that, that they incorporated into their situation as God spoke to them about it, if they try to give you that information, then it's not going to work for you. Because yes, there's wisdom in the sound council, but you have to remember, there's notice how it says wisdom. It never said in the council of many there's truth. 
never says that. It says in the counsel of many there is wisdom. Because wisdom is means it's, it's a deciding factor. Wisdom means it opens up the door and causes you to divide things. To divide things, multiply things, um, uh, minus things, add things. That's what it means. Wisdom causes you to see from every angle. Wisdom causes you to take out what needs to be taken out and add to what needs to be added to it. And 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 uh, you know, divided this and multiplying this. And so that's what wisdom does. Wisdom is not the truth. Wisdom helps you to discover the truth by breaking things down for you, right? Think about that. And that's why people get these scriptures so messed up because they're too busy proclaiming uh, their truth upon everyone else and just messing everybody else up. And they'll and they think they're perceiving that to say, well, the Bible says this. This is what God showed me. Well, check this out. And I've said this before. So 10 years later or five years later, I guarantee you, because they're going to evolve, I guarantee you they're going to grow in God's Word. I guarantee you they're going to grow in life. I guarantee you their life will not be the same it was five years ago. They'll either still be married, they'll be divorced, they'll be old, they'll have children, they won't have children, the dog will be born, the dog will die, whatever the case may be, their life will progress and go on. They can take that same scripture five years later, and once they take that scripture and they read it, they're going to realize this scripture I'm going to see totally different than I did five years ago. Then what happened to the truth you try to put on everybody else five years ago because guess what you can't even receive that truth right now because you're going to see the scripture totally different so so what happens then to the truth you try to tell everybody else about years five years ago that you swore by swore by everything was was the truth and everybody could see that scripture the same way you could and so what happens five years later hmm when you don't even see that supposed truth of how you read it and you don't even sit the same anymore. So if you don't, then guess what you did? You gave someone else's uh, uh, years years before, five years earlier, your truth that was in the now moment, the now reality that was given for you and you alone. And all of a sudden, that person was probably trying to figure something out that they did not need to figure out. Because you yourself have already changed on what you saw. It's progressive revelation. It's called progressive truth progressive truth there is progressive truth that will always flow from the truth which is the person of Christ and that progressive truth has the power to grow has the power to multiply and as it grows it will shift into something else that's why a caterpillar does not remain the same a caterpillar is even renamed it has a new definition the moment it becomes a butterfly even the definition of it changes not even the name is changed the definition Saul became Paul in the New Testament guess what his name was not even changed the way he lived his lifestyle changed the way he viewed Christians changed the way he viewed the planet changed the way he viewed God changed. The way he viewed everything about creation and society during that time changed for him. So guess what? Truth will progress and change. And it's and it's not given to every person the exact same way. And when we begin to understand that, especially those in Christianity, when we begin to understand that, we make people want to be able to become Christians. We want people to, it'll cause people to want to be able to know more about God when we do that because we're learning to respect people and we're learning to understand that our piece of the puzzle is our piece of the puzzle the bible says something really cool it says every joint supplies so in the scripture it says every joint supplies what that means is you're a joint 
in the body of Christ it supplies. And, and the Bible says, how can the arm say to the hand, I have no need of you? And what that means is this, the arm has its own definition. The hand has its own definition. They will not function the same. You cannot tell an arm, hey, by the way, you're, you, you know, you're an arm in the body of Christ. You're an arm. You should be able to hold a glass. I can't hold a glass. I'm not created to hold a glass. Well, the Bible says you should, you should hold a glass. You better hold that glass because that's, because if, it's wrong if you don't. But I can't hold a glass. And so now you're trying to force the arm to hold a glass that they were never created to do because the hand holds a glass, not the arm. Arm cannot hold a glass of water. The hand holds a glass of water. So if I say that truth has to be relevant to all people, then I'm going to speak to the leg, the feet, the arm, the head, the neck, the back, and the stomach, and I'm going to say, this is what the Scripture says, because this is, this is the truth right here, and every part of my body besides the hand is going to say, we don't understand, we don't get it, and then we feel condemned because we can't understand the truth, and then we feel like God's left us, and God's forsaken us, because we have been trying to grab a hold of the truth of the hand Instead of uh, instead of owning, or having ownership of what we are and what we're entitled to do in the sense of what we're called to do, because an arm will never become a hand. But yet you look at a butterfly and a, and a caterpillar and you realize the name changes. You realize the definition of its movement changes. The definition of its look changes. The definition of how it perceives everything changes. So guess what, folks? Truth does progress, and truth does spread, and truth does multiply. But you have to understand, truth also grows, and truth does also shift. We, I mean, if it, here's the thing. If we look at everything in creation, then we realize that God's Word, okay, is going to align and the uh, with creation and creation is going to align with God's word and all that means because God spoke everything into existence why would God speak everything into existence to flow a certain way and yet all of a sudden we look at that and we say but it's all anti-bible everything that how creation moves you know changes penguins change Penguins doesn't, you know, penguin ha penguins have a totally different life, lifestyle, life, you know, life and, and raising their children, they're raising their young and so do lions so do bears so two caterpillars. <laughs> you know, you think of you think of how how creation flows and shifts. God created everything in creation to be as it is. And so what makes us think that God's word is any different? Because God's word is truth, but it also is the truth that's going to be relevant for the individual that is reading it of how they need to see it. Because if you don't, then you're going to disrespect the Holy Spirit and say you're not doing a good enough job and you're not put you're not you're not pinpointing them to the truth. Move out of my way, Holy Spirit. Let me do your job because you can't do it right. That's Pretty much what you're saying. And that's borderline blasphemy against Holy Spirit, right? Because it's not what you're supposed to do. The job of the Holy Spirit is to reveal to that individual what they need to see, not you. All you can do, all you can do is let your light so shine. All you've got to do is do your works by by action. All you've got to do is let your light shine and live out what you know is your truth and that will open up the door for the people to say, hey, how are you so happy? Hey, how are you attracting all this great stuff into your life? Hey, you know, you know, how come you, you pray and, and you believe and you think and, and, and all of a sudden things are just drawn like a magnet to your life? Because you tell them not how you did it. How you did it is not actually the answer. 
you know, uh, you know, of, of the truth. You know, and you can't tell them, well, if you do what I do, no, that's not what you tell them. And that's why preachers so many times preach their own conviction. A preacher is, should never preach his own conviction. That is wrong. Totally wrong. A preacher should preach, the Bible says, preach the kingdom of God and him crucified. That's what you preach. Everything else, no offense, folks, but keep your mouth shut on. Because if you, you're not allowed to preach your conviction, you know, you're not allowed to do that. That is your conviction. Don't put your conviction on somebody else's life. You don't know where they are. They might be totally in some other place of their life. And the last thing they need to hear is your translation, your interpretation of how you were called to see something, you know, in your life right then. And that's not going to help them. That's going to mess them up even worse. You tell them about the one who is going to, who's going to talk to them and tell them their own truth, right? Your job is to tell them the one who will open up his mouth and tell them that truth. That's the great thing, because that way only the Creator can bring forth a creativeness of truth that is going to be authentic and real and permanent in that person's life. Because that way, once they get a hold of the truth, it sets them free. Then guess what? Things begin to happen and change because that truth progressively grows in them throughout their life, and they experience a progression of truth because the truth keeps coming and coming and continues to set them free as they rely on, trust on, lean not on understanding, but trust and lean into God, and then which is the truth. And guess what? Life becomes better for every one of us. Isn't that beautiful? That's how it is. So, you know, think of this way. Think about the world. Think about the world and what highlights. What does the world world highlight on when it deals with, let's say, making fun of Christians or, or bashing Christians? What do they usually do? Well, they usually take a really hyped up, hyped up preacher, you know, hyped up, you know, uh, worship leader, hyped up teacher who always has to stand out among the crowd. Always, you know, I know some of them now who stands out among the crowd and they're always on Twitter saying, you know, we're going to do this. And, and it's like they keep on pushing the buttons of people and they're not being persecuted by far. You're pushing up, you're stirring up a bee's nest because you want to get stung. You want to look like a martyr. Don't do that. And yet so many people that are extremists in Christianity do that. God never called you to stand out to set yourself up or put another way to create an environment to be a martyr, right? And don't do that. That's not right. Your job is to be able to live what God told you to live out. And so when you, so what does the world do? The world takes the extremities in people. This guy over here says that, you know, give you, give you guys, guys a great example. If you were to Google some of these people, you could, I don't know some of their names, of course, but you know, they're always in the news. Hey, this preacher over here said that, you know, uh, all, all, um, gay people are going to burn in hell forever. This preacher over here said that the black people, you know, is going to do this and this and this, you know, this preacher over here, you know, said that white people are supremacist, supremacist, of course, in the Bible, you know, whatever the case may be, as dumb as it sounds, okay, you know, or either this worship leader over here, you know, is you know, you know, doing this, you know, he's going to this territory and he's you know doing this and this. Well, the key thing is they like extremities. The world likes extremes because that's what it does. It pulls out extremes because it makes a great news story, and but and these extremities of people don't realize it's not what we're called to do. We're not called to 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 stir up trouble. We're called to actually live as peacemen 
makers, do what we know God's called us to do, live the life God's called us to live, and let our light so shine. And when we do that, then you know what? We won't be found on the news all the time because and unless you're just looking for the trouble or you're looking for the camera, right? But when you do that, then you're truly living authentic because guess what? At the time of Jesus' life, he stirred up a lot of people, religious people. But if you think about it, he didn't He didn't deliberately try to stir up trouble. He just lived things out according to what God had, had for him to do. He didn't go marching and say, let's get 5,000 people. Let's go marching around the capital or, you know, uh, or go up to this thing and let's cause trouble. He never did that. The things he did, he did because he knew God wanted him to. The only reason why he turned over the tables, here's the key thing. The only reason why he made a, a big scene as far as turning over the tables and you know with the money changers is because he said, this is a house of prayer and you've turned into a den of thieves. If not, he wouldn't have done that because it was in the territory of the church. It was in the territory of the synagogue. It was in the territory that was called to uh, for people to pray in. And so it's like someone coming onto his territory and, and, and start just throwing, you know, and start marketing things and selling things when that was like his father's house, right? If not, he would have never done that. That's where people miss it. That's where people miss it because people tend to look at this and say, well, Jesus did this. And you're like, right, put into proper perspective. Jesus turned over tables because it was in his father's house. He didn't go into the marketplace and do it. He didn't go into the, the grocery stores to do it. He didn't go into Caesar's house and do it because he knew none of those are the territories I need to be operating on. That's not. I'm, I need to be wise as a serpent here, gentle as a dove. And so he did it because he was in the father's house. If not, he would not have even done that. And so you've got to know timing. You've got to know places. You've got to know what to do in different environments. But you've got to begin to live out your truth to where people see that as a peacemaker and a lover of God and a, a and a friend of God and and friendly to people and going the extra mile and, and you know and, and giving the shirt off your back. Those are the most powerful things that we've called to do in, in in society, folks. And we begin to do that and live out our truth. People are going to see that. And they're going to say, "Wow, how did you become so free? How did you become so happy and loving and kind to me?" Well because there's, there's a person who gave me a, 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 this huge level of, of the truth that I needed for me that really changed my life. And, and, then, and then you begin to share with them the, the truth uh, as the person. Not the truth that sets you free, but the truth that it was the person who gave you the truth that sets you free, right? And then their lives will begin to change as well. So I wanted to sort of give you guys this, I know I talk fast and I had this long lengthy sermon within a 30 minute podcast, but I wanted to sort of bring this out because I'm looking forward to the book coming out soon, but I'm really excited because I believe this is a life changing thing for people. Because once we get into, once we get sort of biblical principles of truth, once we get into proper perspective in our lives, then we begin to realize, you know what, that helps me out to know how to begin to reflect what I believe to people and know what not to reflect, but to play, to per, um, sort of reflect the image of Christ, not the image of my authentic truth given to me personally, right? Because that's a disrespect, and people deserve to hear it from Him. Not hear what would what, what, what set you free, but hear from the person who gave you the truth that set you free. 
So thank you again, as always, guys, for tuning into our podcast. You guys, I have an amazing audience all around the globe, and I just love each and every one of you. And I pray today that each one of you have a blessed, wonderful, powerful day. And I really want to encourage you, as always, continue to create. Create the life God's given you. Live in that creative power. You know, just just drink it, eat it, you know, live it out. Because there's so many things God is saying that you're so called to do and so powerful to do it. And and you are you are full of giftings and talents and colors and, uh, and 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 everything. And I want you to live all this stuff out and, and realize that God's given you a beautiful life, a beautiful existence, not to waste, not to sort of hoard up and keep it, but give it away and enjoy life in its fullness. If you, if you, if you look at your life and you say, I want to get more money, then create an avenue to get more money. If you say, I want to live healthier, then create an avenue of, of healthiness. Create an avenue of, of exercising more. Create an avenue of eating healthy food. Foods. Create what it is in your life. You want you want to you know be let's say be an actor. Hey, guess what? Then create a life that's going to lead you to that path that you'll be on television or the movies. Whatever it is you feel like you're called to do in, in life that God's called you to, you've got the power to do it. Do it. Go create the life to bring you the joy and the happiness that you know God wants you to have. And if and if it's if it's a drive in you, then carry out that drive. One thing I've decided in my life, I never want to look back on. And say, I I wanted somebody to do this, I never did it. I'm gonna look back in my life and say, and say, I did everything that God wanted me to do. I did everything that I wanted to do, that God wanted me to, that willed me to do it. And I created so many different avenues. I created, you know, over two or three hundred books, which at the moment I'm up to 97 books. I can't wait. My hundredth book's coming out soon. But I wanted to be able to create a life where I can look back on and say, I have no regrets. I spent time with my family. I gave to people. I blessed people financially. I loved on every single person that ever came my way. Never asked in them, are you a Christian that I can love on you? No, I just love on you, period. That's what we do. So I, I want to look back and have no regrets. And I want you to have the same thing. But in order to do that, you've got to begin to see yourself as part of the co-creator in Christ to create a beautiful life that God's given you. So I want to tell you as I close today in the podcast, I close this with every podcast, and that is this. If you don't like your day, change your thoughts. If you change your thoughts, you'll change your day. They ultimately will change your life. God bless. This has been the Thoughts Become Things podcast with Jeremy Lopez, helping you reach your highest creative potential that God has for you. For more episodes, products, and information on Jeremy, visit www.identitynetwork.net.